Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the L House. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the Boiling Isles. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? I'm doing pretty good, especially now because I have a fucking job again. <laughs> hey, nice. I'd love to hear all about it, but this week we've also got an incredible guest. It's Holly. How are you? I'm good. Hello. <laughs> Real pleasure to have you on, I gotta say. You have way more podcast experience than us, huh? <laughs> yeah, technically. I'm not good at the whole, like, editing part, um, in you've that been, I'm just very on, lazy. You've you've had more episodes collectively than us, so it's, I'm gonna Yeah, <laughs> kind of happens when you've been doing it more or less since, oh, Jesus, so that was, like, 2016, huh? Yeah. To be fair, we've only been going since, like, early January, really. <laughs> so. Yeah. Bit of a difference. Well, I did have a show back in 2016 that ran for about a year, but I destroyed it and it is now unavailable. So that doesn't count, does it? A lot of my old stuff is unavailable too, but only because Shout Engine um, went defunct. Yeah, we, and I don't have any backups. Yeah, the, the previous show I used to be on too for like a number of years was also on Shout Engine. <laughs> then it's like very much like, uh, yeah, that's gone, guys. Whoops. <laughs> I, was able, I was able to salvage because it because it was still going. I was able to move. A Lupin lottery over to shout. I mean, uh, a cast. Um, but Cryborg and um, Metacritic, those are gone. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, gotta defend the past. <laughs> By which I mean, get rid of it so no one knows. No one exactly. can ever know. But coincidentally, nobody... both of the podcasts where I was still a boy are gone now. Weird. Yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> I mean, it was like only in the last like, uh, like I think few months or so of that show that I was on before that I was still being referred to by my old name. I think I don't remember. It's been a long time. But it's now, like, yeah, yeah, the first one hundred and fifteen episodes of Blue Pot Lottery also have that problem. But yeah, it, that, that, that's that's kind of just the issue you have to deal with at times like that. Like I mean, I I've only listened to like a few bits of like early Adelon, uh. Was it Rock is the one with Lexi? Rock is the Rock is the one with Lexi, but she was out before it started. Right, right. You're no, thinking I, of I, I, Iris. I was thinking, yeah, no, I was thinking of Iris, yeah. I was trying I was drawing a blank on her name for a sec there. That's why I went with Lexi. <laughs> Iris and Christina. Yeah. Oopsie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get spoilers for Adelon. <laughs> spoilers for Adelon, which I technically shouldn't know yet, but like <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Apologies to Iris for temporarily blanking on your name. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's always a case of like being like, oh, right, yeah, this is before Iris came out. And it's like, yep, that's, that's obviously you can't really do anything about it. You're not going to go back and like edit all of it, like every instance of saying her name or her character's name. Unless. The old show does not include my dead name, but it does include a very uncomfortable period where I actively chose to be called Zebulon, so... <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I mean, hey, even even one of your uh, projects that you did for uh, college has my uh, not accurate name anymore, because that was yeah. when I was still going by my previous name, and not my. I mean, that was well after I'd stopped using my dead name, but yeah, <laughs> I think I was like a week after we did that. I was like, hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah, let's just make this like right retroactively invalid. Why don't we? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, all those people in your class that are listening to that totally know who I am. <laughs> they did not listen to it. I told the teacher not to share it. 
<laughs> Fair. But yeah, so uh, we don't have guests too often on this show, so we don't have like a, a protocol or anything. But... I see a couple of familiar faces over in the uh, user column there. Yeah, we, we, we've had yeah. a few, but like I think you're the third overall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Third guest um, and third guest episode. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you want like a sort of history of the Owl House, I like started watching like August. It I, it was the summer of 2020. I'm pretty sure the show was still pretty new. Like season yeah, one it, was still airing. Yeah, it was like because I think season one's ended in September of that year. Yeah, so season one was still coming out. Um, and here's the and I was still like forming my identity as a very newly out trans woman. And anyway, this is how I decide to append uh, the last name Edelin onto my name. Yep. <laughs> An excellent choice. I already, I, mean, I, I already had Holly Blue from that Steven Universe show. Yeah, I was, I was about to bring up. <laughs> Your name is literally just a character from Steven Universe plus Owl Mom. <laughs> who, who are these two, two cartoon ladies I think are hot? The name. <laughs> Do you know how much I tried to work in Jasper? Like <laughs> before, I had anything solidified. Con considering how often you retweet the same picture of Jasper eating that steak or whatever, it's like yes, I'm not surprised to hear that. I don't know if either, <laughs> like, if either of you know know me from Tumblr. First of all, I'm very sorry, but second of all, th I, there's a period where every month, a period I say, as if it wasn't from 2015 to 2017. <laughs> or no, 2015 to like 2019, uh, where every month I would dive into the Jasper tag and just retweet every goddamn picture of Jasper I could find. <laughs> um, culminating in September of 2019, where I backfilled like seven or eight months worth of the tag, uh, <laughs> and my entire I hit the post limit on Jasper. Oh. Um, and, and the next day, I took a screenshot of my archive, which is just a fucking wall of orange beef. Um, and I, I just posted it with Germa voice. I'm normal. This would be way funnier. And anyway, if three months. Watched the universe. Three months later, I came out as trans. Um, <laughs> my entire love affair with Jasper was like something desperately trying to break my eggshell. It was incredible. Yeah, that tracks. People do like Jasper. Like, like ja Jasper Steven Universe inspired me for a time to go to the gym and work out because I wanted to look like her. <laughs> as Fitzbo, as Fitzbo, as Fitzbo, definitely as Fitzbo. No yeah. tracks. Motivation. <laughs> God. But anyway, yes. Um, I love Ida. Um, and just li literally, holy shit. She she's she's she she's like a new old Ryoko. Um, yeah, like from... people always refer to her as like Ryoko for the modern times. I literally started. I also started. Well, I've watched one episode of Tenshi Universe, but I did watch it and love Ryoko. Unfortunately, Ryoko is kind of like the one thing in that show that's rather the Tenshi shows for the most part. At least the older ones I'm thinking of. That is like the only thing good about them, really. I guess I is good, but like Ryoko's like I'm specifically watching Universe because like people go like, yeah, that's that's the if you're gonna watch one, watch that one. Yeah, the first Tenchi show is like a little strange, and then Tenchi in Tokyo is like kinda continuing universe in that sense. It's like it's a weird 
air quotes spinoff, but really not, because it's like, I mean, he goes to college and like all of the girls are already there. Like, it's not like, you know, like back in the first show and then in the universe where they introduce them slowly over time. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. I, it, I say very... right as if I've seen any right, of this yeah. show at all, <laughs> yeah. other than one yeah, no, episode I, I, of Universe. If you remember incorrectly, I think Universe like introduces them all by like so three or four compared to like in the original Tenshi, I think you meet the last one in like episode eight I or think so. Episode, episode one is just Ryoko and Mihoshi. Yeah, like Mihoshi wasn't in the original show. Ryoko, Mihoshi, Mihoshi's butt. Because Mihoshi is the space cop, right? Yeah, one of the two, maybe, the dumb maybe, one. Or maybe, right, okay, maybe she wasn't. I think she was in the first one. I think her partner wasn't in this, the first show. The the not dumb one with the butt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like me describing a Tenchi character as the woman without the butt is like, well, is that really just Tenchi? Because, like, the rest of them are ladies. <laughs> I guess I guess Asami probably doesn't have that much of a butt because she's, like, 13. But, yeah, the rest of them do. Me, me, listen, Mihoshi, Mihoshi has, like, a famous butt. It's, like, a character trait. Anyway, yeah, I'm guessing Patch has also not seen any Tenshi. Yeah, this is a doozy of a conversation for a person who engages in anime. So I just like like when I was watching that first episode, um, someone I a mutual was just like, "Oh yeah, Miyoshi's ass is iconic," because apparently it's a thing in like multiple different episodes of the different series, right? You know, I kind of played the fire there a little bit because I was like, I don't remember, so it, me being an idiot, googling Miyoshi's butt, and it's like, huh, it's probably more tame than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, no, can confirm. Big this, is, this is the first frame in which she is out of her protective robot. Right, okay, yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> wow. This is, this is uh, nothing at all for the people listening. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, that's like that, that's like the first uh, result that showed up at Google Images. That second one. <laughs> for listeners, we for listeners, there's a massive anime ass on screen <laughs> from uh, Space Gap. So I mean, a little bit of like a not great uh, connotation there because of you know, she's barely a cop. Fair. She's, she's like a really, Playboy bunny really with bad. a gun. She's a really bad cop <laughs> in the sense that she is just incompetent at her job as opposed to doing a lot of mass murder. <laughs> Again, I'm also working off a memory from like back when I was like 14, compared to now with me being 34. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is. So I am an American comics person. I don't really engage in anime that much at all. Uh, so reversing me, okay. This is new and unusual to me. I am familiar with it in theory because I don't know if y'all are aware, but Nightwing is kind of famous for his buns. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this episode has to be titled something about a joke about asses, right? <laughs> it has nothing to do with the actual show. We had time for 20 more asses. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Owl House at all, but... <laughs> I mean, for the most part, our episode titles relate to something we say in the Owl House, but this is different. <laughs> oh, you understand I'm literally going to call it a joke about asses. God damn it. That's the that thing track. you said, I can do that. <laughs> True. Oh goodness. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't like live stream this stuff to actually like have it on display on like Twitch or something. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't see what difference it makes. Yeah, to, to be fair, people have gotten away with way worse on Twitch, uh, not gotten banned like as recent as a couple days ago. <laughs> yep. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's been lovely chatting about butts, but uh, Chloe, you said at the top you have a job now? Yeah, uh, I did that interview on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday last week. I think I brought it up. Yeah, I think it was the one that I mentioned that uh, how I went to the one in person that was like that stupid like preliminary like staffing agency one. And then I had yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. then I had a phone one right after like two hours later. It's like, yeah, that latter one, the the mailroom clerk one is the one that hired me. They called yep, yesterday and we're like, hey, they want to go with you. It's like, cool, I can start Monday. <laughs> so after three week, months or so, I have to finally actually be a part of the workforce again. Well, um, not congratulations, but I'm glad <laughs> you can pay for food again. Yeah, I can pay for shit. I mean, I already scheduled my first uh, electrolysis uh, appointment for late June because I'll yeah, have money to do it. Yeah, and also, I need I, to like, get on laser. Yeah, yeah, and and also like immediately it was like, oh, I'm gonna have income. I need to do all this shit for transitioning now because I, I can do it. I'm like literally like you should get out. You should like do laser so that you don't have to shave every time you work. Yeah, but also like I wanna buy video games and also. What if I did? What if I did top surgery first, though? Actually, <laughs> yeah. In my, in my... I bought a sixty-dollar home laser, and it has worked way better for me than professional laser ever did. I did twelve sessions of professional laser and still have a beard, but the home laser Dang. perfect. Huh. Interesting. Well, I'll see how it goes with me in this case, because like I also uh did like one of those like you know like new patient kind of stuff where like you send like the form to the doctor. I did that as well earlier today too for like getting on voice training because i know my voice is not like the most high like the the deepest or anything like that but i'm like yeah but it could be higher pitched and be more femme in a sense yeah that's fair yep yeah no i mean electro is going to be totally different you don't you don't have to worry about that not working <laughs> yeah no I, I, i'm aware of that yeah I, I, it's really just again like i'm ready to not have to shave my face and have to deal with beard shadow anymore it's like bring yeah. it on yes like because like a part part of me is just like most of the most of the hair on like my actual face face is it's like coarse but it's 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 blonde mm -hmm. um it's just my neck and chin that have like any darkness yeah, to them anymore yeah i've kind of been that way for a long time to you like i mean there's really like nothing that grows beyond like around my chin and neck and it's like yeah i don't want to get through that shit it's really again it doesn't even I suspect I've always been, like, not the most amount of testosterone in my life, because it's never really, like, gotten that bad or anything. But it's, like, it's just enough that it's, like, yeah, it's just annoying, and I want to get rid of it. <laughs> not have to fucking worry about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, literally, I just don't want to shave. I yeah, hate yeah, this there sucks. is that. <laughs> yeah, it takes, it takes too much time in the morning, and it's just annoying. <laughs> it is honestly and truly the reason I have a beard right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's just it's too... for style, but I'm just yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that it's just it gets to be a bit of an inconvenience for having to be like, yeah, I kind of have to do this like every day, or else there's gonna be that little bit of latent scratchiness here. Yay! <laughs> it's like, yeah, driver apparently play hundreds of dollars over the course of like what uh half a year or so, roughly, and be like, yeah, get rid of this shit, please. <laughs> can work, yes, can work. Yep, can work on uh, bigger titties along the way, and maybe get implants one way down the line too. Depending, <laughs> I'm still, I'm not, I, you know, in like a week and a half, it'll be my year and a half anniversary on HRT, so I've still got time to see oh, nice. before I really need to like 
figure out if I want to go that route. Yeah. Yeah, I hit, uh, I'm on, like, I hit, like, two years back in February, so, yeah. Yeah. It's all a process. Like, I, I'm definitely noticing that, like, even now, like, it seems like my hair is, like, my facial hair is growing in slower. Yeah. Like, so I, I, can, have... I can usually go, like, I can, like, shave really well for one day, and then, like, just sort of coast on that for, like, a couple days. Yeah, I, I kind of get that way, too, where it's, like, you know, like, really, I need to, like, properly shave, like, every two days, and, like, maybe, like, do a bit of a touch-up on that off day, but it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's still, again, it's enough for me to be, like, this does not feel good. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of it please hack it off <laughs> yeah that that's been my week really uh oh i this also probably doesn't apply to ever you because i don't know if ever you really play monster hunter but i figured out a roundabout way to get my uh name changed to monster hunter even though they actually don't have that be official in the game <laughs> it's actually it was a pretty it was a pretty easy source all ever it's like you're basically like just like cotton like saving a backup of your save unsyncing the game to the cloud from steam to basically like have a fresh save you go in and like design the character you want to name them what you want and then you basically just take that file and copy it into where it was on your actual save because it's basically just like changing your character's name and appearance in your main save so that i didn't have to play 60 hours that again to have a character that had my proper name display i mean it wasn't she, like my character didn't have a my dead name on there, but it definitely had an older name that I don't go by anymore. Because yeah, you know, the name I used to go by on the podcast, and now I go by this one. I'm so, still thinking uh, of the very dumb roundabout way. Like like, Final, uh, my game is Final Fantasy 14. Mm-hmm. Um. And oh yeah, you you probably have to like pay to get a name change, right? Yeah, yeah. You buy a fan. You there's an item called a Fantasia, which is a real right. world money item. Let's you I change heard, your yeah. I have heard of the Fantasia because it lets you change genders and everything. So people are like, this is like the HRT equivalent in Final Fantasy. <laughs> Listen, I need to fucking show you the the uh the 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 promotional image, the actual uh, isn't, image. It, isn't it like isn't like human dude the rat the cat girl or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's literally much... just like here you go, trans. Yeah, the the person that designed that knew what they were going for. <laughs> like, yeah, we know exactly what we're going for with this picture. <laughs> Um, but like literally, they give you a free one for completing a Realm Reborn, which is like the uh, first, the first part of the game. Um, and like, if I had waited two weeks before using mine, I would have been able to like at least do the whole like cat boy to cat girl change. Right. I would have had to use another one to change my name because I just changed it to a girl version of what I was using at the time, which was a uh, bad name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I used the free Fantasia to make my tail longer in game, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, immediately, I had to buy another one to uh fucking change to girl, and then I had to buy another one to change from. <laughs> so, so it went Manfred Shahan uh, to <laughs> Manny with an I, Sh- Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> to Holly Blue. I'm afraid you were about to say Woman Fred. Woman Fred was a yeah, that's a little bit more of a roundabout way than what I had to do because my yeah my my was basically I was just following a YouTube video and took off like maybe eight minutes. <laughs> I would have saved like what I would have saved like fifteen bucks if I yeah, I, I but I, 
first but, one but, properly. But sometimes you just want to charge ahead and do what you want to do immediately, and then you realize later on, like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, because again, again, if if I wasn't able to fig figure out this roundabout, because you can't change the character's name using, like, the... You can also buy character edit vouchers in Monster Hunter Rise, and they give you one for free when you make your account and everything. And it's like, they don't... They let you change everything except name with that voucher, and that's like, why... So, okay, I got a free redo of my character as a result because I wasn't about to play another 60 hours of this game. <laughs> Especially because, like, I mean, the DLC releases in, like, a month and a half, and it's like, I don't want to have to play 60 hours of Monster Hunter to cram all that in in that amount of time just to be at the same part I am to play more Monster Hunter. <laughs> so let me find out that this, like, roundabout way to be like, yep, this is how you change your name without having to pay Capcom because they don't let you do that. <laughs> Square Enix, meanwhile, fuck you, pay us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or start a new character, bitch, come on. I mean, yeah, that is kind of the way with Capcom. And it's weird that they, like, they sell so many things for Monster Hunter. They sell so many different, like, layered armored sets for, like, you can change the characters and, like, design while having, you know, you know what layered armor is. But, like, they have all that stuff. They have, like, different, like, hairstyles and dances and not such a your owl and your cat and dog and everything. But they don't let you change your fucking name for some reason. Like, they have, like, literally, like, $250 for DLC for Monster Hunter Rise on the, on the storefront, and it's like, why is name change not an option? So, <laughs> whatever. I got around them. Screw you, Capcom. <laughs> you make some good choices occasionally, but also, that's a really boneheaded thing. <laughs> well, that is a delightful message, and I'd say that's the note we want to get into our episode on, eh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> ah, screw you, Capcom. Now, Season 2, Episode 19, Oh Titan, Where Art Thou? <laughs> I love George Clooney. <laughs> hey, so we open the episode with uh, King, who is lying on the deck of the ship and also see-through, because it turns out that he and the ship are in the in-between place again. Well, no, for the first time. You know what I mean. We're seeing uh, the place again. Yes, yeah. we are seeing the place again. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> uh we hear the Collector giggling about how they're almost free and how they won't be alone anymore, and we get a shot of what really looks like a beast ball from Pokemon. <laughs> That's one of my trivia bits. Is like, yeah, yeah, it's straight up a beast. yeah, it is straight up a beast ball. <laughs> I can't believe that this is how they trapped the Collector. <laughs> I mean, the Collector is, like, maybe from a different dimension to begin with, so... The only force on Earth that can, that can contain Phil from the Rugrats. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know, you say that, it, it, like, uh, the collector's voice kind of does sound a bit like... It is absolutely the same voice actor. It, is it? Uh, did Frida Wolf voice Phil in Rugrats? Uh, let's... I'm gonna check that while you keep going. I, I don't... I yeah. don't think... It definitely wasn't in there when we covered it, but I know you tend yeah, to I did, I didn't, go Yeah, I didn't remember back. seeing that pop up when I brought up her filmography. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it yeah. doesn't... No, it doesn't seem like it. Wait, seriously? That's not... Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm now I'm Googling Phil Rugrats to find out. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, rugrats.fandom.com slash wiki on Phil the is failing me. It's not showing a voice actor. <laughs> oh, wait. Caf uh, Sushi? S-O-U-C-I-E. It's a different version. <laughs> Well, okay. Yep. <laughs> sounds pretty. That sounds pretty similar. I'm not going to be able to unhear it now that you bring it up, Holly. <laughs> and that's why we bring guests on the show is to irrevocably change it. 
Um, yeah, so the uh, Collector can hear King calling out looking for someone, and as he fades, they beg him not to leave, but he wakes up on the deck of the ship for real, where they have just arrived in Bonesboro. And then we get the full 30-second credits this episode. It's the first time we've had that in a while. Which is fucking yeah. wild, actually, considering how much stuff still happens in this episode. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. There is a lot of stuff in this episode, but there's no major events, if you understand what I'm saying. it's a Yeah, lot of... fair. It is, it is, like, a little bit... I wouldn't say, like, less of a brisk pace compared to the other ones, but it is definitely, like, less crammed in here, it seems. It's a little more subdued. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as they leave the ship and wave goodbye to Salty, uh, Luz gets a message from Amity, who apparently is reporting that Odalia took her pentagram, but that they're safe. And uh, I can only assume that this is her getting punished for fighting a Covenhead, but yeah, probably. <laughs> no idea. But uh, yeah, so King suggests that Luz and Hootie should go check on her and that he'll head back to the L house alone, at which point we get a flashback to Edge of the World, which... Uh, uncharacteristically is mostly accurate there's only one thing that's really different and that's loose having an extra line in which she tells king that he's the son of the boiling isles yeah i was wondering about it. it's like wait was that was that wait what yeah it's definitely not in that episode but again this is like loose's remembrance of the events and as we've seen like twice now loose always misremembers things well that's true but so loose has a really bad memory in her flashbacks that's established at this point really more of a doodle memory yeah exactly <laughs> but this line is not like the other flashbacks it, she's this, misremembered this is, yeah this Usually is she true. just remember saying someone saying the yeah wrong her, thing. her recollection of what her mom said and then also what the collector said were slight variations of what they actually said. This is like an entire new line that was fabricated. So something tells me this might be like partly like um, uh, shit, shit. We do not have enough episodes for this, huh? Shit. <laughs> I mean, hey, there is going to be a bit in like five minutes in the episode where they're going to completely uh, hold, put a shade on that lamp about how they don't have enough time. The most, the most upsetting lampshade. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> God, that fucking line. We'll get to it later. That's actually part of our questions, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so at this point, uh, Hootie notes that while they were gone, uh, wanted posters were issued for all of them, though he doesn't seem to recognize what they are. Um, Weird. Do you think that you like would just by virtue of living with Ida your whole life? Ida has a giant wanted poster herself framed in the house. It's a bit strange that he doesn't realize what they are. I'm honestly unsure how much of Hootie is not knowing things and how much of Hootie is just playing dumb because as yeah, he's like, established that he's... Yeah, yeah, Hootie is a chaos gremlin, so he could just be being a bit coy about it. Yeah. Also, how come Lewis doesn't get a cool title like everybody else? <laughs> yeah, there were a couple things about these posters. So King just gets moved from Ida's poster to Luz's. He doesn't get his own, so that's annoying. Yeah, and it's the same design as from Ida's as well. Like, it doesn't seem like... Yeah, they just cut and pasted the clip art. <laughs> Pretty much. But also, like, the values on them are kind of screwy. Um, so for these new posters, uh, the human is worth a million snails, and Lilith is worth two million. But the tube demon is only worth 50,000, which is really underplaying Hootie. I Holy know. shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, uh, especially even, like, the other, like, Coven Scouts uh, also point out that, like, they still are fully recovered from when Hootie beat them up at the tea party. It's like, you would also think Hootie would also be worth a little bit more, considering he is a actually really good defense system. Yeah. I have, like, a video on my computer that is just, like, the bit where Hootie is coughing up all those bombs when they're rescuing <laughs> King. <laughs> yeah, also that. Hootie can be used as fucking artillery. 
but yeah, so they uh, all head back to the owl house, and as they're heading there, they pass a couple coven guards who are talking about how easy it was to raid the owl house without Hootie, further proving the point of that poster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, one of them was apparently part of the infamous tea party, so I guess they managed to survive, but they have taken all of the goods from the house, most notably Francois. So Luton get back to the house to find it pretty much empty, and while he suggests that Ida and Lilith have been arrested, there is a scrap of paper on the floor which contains a map to a hiding place on the knee. And this, in my opinion, is a bad it's idea. A, it's like an, yeah. on an ad for knee pain. Yep. Yeah. But it, it's like the secret message is revealed by shining a light on it, not even mm-hmm. UV light or a candle or anything. It's or like yep. disappearing ink. Very yeah. easy to figure it out. <laughs> Also, did they take the Echo Mouse in the process? I saw people bring this up. But like, did they take the Echo Mouse too? No idea. The mouse, mean, wasn't with, have, right? the mouse wasn't taken with Luz to meet the Titan Trappers, so it's like they must have taken the... I mean, it, make, it actually would make sense that they would take the Echo Mouse because like, I would feel like, yeah, Bellos knows that Luz has his journal, so it would make sense that he would want her not taken away. That's true but i don't know if he knows the format she has his journal in because he just donated it to the library (laughs) yeah i mean they probably just took everything and were like oh i guess we'll take this mouse too fuck it (laughs) yeah well i mean they're cops you know cops and pets yeah Um, yeah they ever took it or they killed it (laughs) so uh yeah we cut away to a cave where lilith is suggesting that they use her old keys to sneak into the castle and trigger the security system and trap everyone inside thereby obviating the day of unity but Ida just points out that they probably changed the locks. Also, uh, she has a bag of hex mix on her head. I love this woman. <laughs> there has been so much hex mix in the last few episodes. Also, because of how she has it on her head, it is upside down. She opened it from the bottom, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> Ida doesn't play by any fucking rules, even when it would be to her benefit. <laughs> yeah, but... um. <clears throat> Someone trips the booby trap, and uh, they go to check it out, but it's just the kids. They found them pretty quick, so they all regroup around a campfire, which is actually a patch of fire bees, and explain what happened. Ida is pretty that there were bloodthirsty cultists exactly where Lilla said that there wasn't anything at all a couple episodes ago, but that gets overshadowed real quick when they reveal that King is a Titan. <laughs> and so we cut to outside the cave, where Ida and Luz have a little conversation about how surprised they are and how much King is going through and how they wish they could comfort him a little bit. And then Lilith picks the worst possible time to come over all religious, just going on and on about how they've been living with a god. Yep. Lilith is a bit weird this episode. She, yeah, she, she is really uncomfortable is. At, throughout, yeah. <laughs> like, again, King will also point out that this is exactly how she was about Bellos, but I feel like this is, like, even more so ratcheted up in terms well, of her devotion. King says that, but we never saw that from Lilith. Like... We only and, ever saw her as a professional when she was dealing with Bellows. True. The only she, other time we've seen her like this is when she thought King might actually be a king. It's only when it's king. Fair, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of it is like implied to have been like off screen with like her like being like the face of propaganda for the Emperor's Covenant until she got kicked out. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it is very much a case of her it's being like, yeah, she's like being way too enthusiastic about this. <laughs> uh, it, it honestly kind of feels like she just got shoved into a comedy plot and stopped being Lilith for a little while. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, maybe this was supposed to be, like, originally a different character or something, and they just didn't have time to, like, make a new character for this. 
Yeah, or I don't know. Maybe it was meant to be a longer arc. If that just also, it, it yeah, also very. Yeah, maybe it was supposed to be a character. thing that happened over a few episodes, and they're like, "Well, yeah. shit." Yeah, it's just kind of coming out of nowhere, like the history thing did. She just one day decided she was a history character, and then all of a sudden, that was in all her going forward appearances. You know? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, um, yes. Luce and Ida push back. Uh, they point out that he's not really a god, and he's just a kid, and she just ignores them. So Luce asks Ida what the plan is to fight Belos, and uh, Ida lies, saying it's a secret and she'll tell Luce later, which Luce takes to mean that they have good operational security and not that she's being lied to, despite the fact that she's constantly being lied to. Yeah, um, especially with Ida being a professional liar. <laughs> like... God, wait, wait a roll in that one on your perception check, or an insight check there, Luce. <laughs> oh, so uh, King is building a snow Francois, and its arm falls off, so Luce goes to help with that. At which point, Lilith starts being Lilith again. It's like a switch on and off. And uh, she insists that Ida should tell the kids that there's no plan, but Ida refuses, because she wants the kids to have a good day before they find out how bad and desperate things are. And then comedy Lilith comes back again. Like It's, yeah. it's just on a dime. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Really, really feels like this was five episodes, and then, oops. <laughs> yeah, and then, whoops, turns out Bob Chappick fucks us. <laughs> yeah. Alright, how do we fit it now? <laughs> Again, they will lampshade this heavily. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, so, um... That is a verbal tick I'm having tonight. I don't know why I keep going, yeah, so, um, but somebody stop me next time, okay? I'll do my best. <laughs> Podcasting for five years and I haven't stopped yet. <laughs> Six <laughs> years, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Except mine is, that's, um, so, yeah. That's Not yeah, so, um. That's what editing is for. <laughs> Listen, I don't Which edit. I'm bad <laughs> at, so, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, Better than to me because I don't know how to edit any audio. <laughs> that's true. I have edited twenty episodes, so that's some experience. <laughs> exactly, more than me. <laughs> Ida heads over to talk to Lucian King, saying that the plan won't be ready until the day, the next day, and asking what they want to do today if they could do anything. But King just wants to feel normal amidst catastrophe. Relatable, honestly. Yeah. Big same there, bud, for the last few years. Big fucking same. <laughs> yep. Whereas Luce, of course, wants to do a heist. So there's a cut, and apparently Ida and Luce left during that cut, and we get Lilith offering King tea or offering to do dark deeds in his name, just entirely and utterly failing to read the room, and just ignoring literally everything that everyone has said to her about this situation. I love how she just, she has a huge dagger. She just yeah, pulls I it do, out of nowhere. Yeah. She has a fucking, like, bone... Like, that's like a fucking, like, Dark Souls 2-ass bone dagger or something. <laughs> like, where, where did this come from? Have you had that this entire time? <laughs> she is so ready to sacrifice a person in King's name. <laughs> Yeah, honestly. nobody ever lets Lilith. Nobody ever lets Lilith have fun. Ida gets <laughs> to have all of the fun. This isn't like we talked about the time she tried to worship King in Echoes of the Past, but this is the first time she's been doing this in like a really overly serious situation. You know, sure yeah. there was the Jean Luc was guarding them back then, but that was situational. It was just a big robot. This is like 
end of the world stuff and she's wasting time with this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a stress response. <laughs> I mean, she does like mention that either like, oh, maybe King can actually help us fight Bellows. And it's like, he's eight years old he is, and has like he is one child. power. He is a child <laughs> with one power, which doesn't seems pretty easy to block of any staff considering that Hunter did it easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so King just asks for some alone time, and when she acquiesces, he just leaves, which I do not blame him for at all. <laughs> yep. Uh, we cut to Ida and Luce flying to Bonesboro, and Luce is saying that she thinks all the stuff that's been taken from the house is being held at the police precinct there. So the plan is to just get in and get Francois back, which Ida is kind of suspicious of since he's just a toy, but, you know, it's for King, so he's they're going to do it. He's important to King. Yeah. And this is where we get the pain line, because she asks if Luce would rather have a beach day, and Luce oh, says yes, if they had time for 20 more adventures. Uh, Fuck you. Fuck. You know, yeah, you know Dana this, put in that line. Exactly. This is definitely Dana putting in this line, just to spite Disney for being such shits and fucking up her show. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Ida, but I... Like, so, yeah, well, I kind of expected like Luce and Ida to look directly at the camera, like to like have the camera pan to like be like, on their like on their sides as this happened, and then they both turn their heads and look directly I, at the camera. What <laughs> twenty more adventures is somehow both like more and less direct than saying like if I were here for another season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like like but I have to leave. Like, for like, the it, like this, yeah. This this line would have hurt as much if Luce had just been like, "Well, if maybe we had like another couple months to figure things out and to fight Bellows, then maybe we'd do a beach day or whatever." But it's like, no, straight up says twenty more adventures <laughs> because they wanted to have twenty episodes in season three. If only we had a syndicated amount of epi- of of adventures. <laughs> Uh, if only we did, had enough adventures to show in reruns for ad did, revenue. Disney, Disney does not know how to actually do right by anything, really. I mean, this this like this happened like a few days before the She-Hulk stuff from earlier today. Of people being like, well, how is she less beefy than the guy she's carrying off the bed? Yeah. Like, it looks like she's just a, car- a person with a fucking, like, uh, Instagram filter instead of actually being like, another Hulk. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of liked the feel of that trailer, except for specifically the look of the She-Hulk. It's so disappointing. Which, which is <laughs> a big problem. Big-ass She-Hulk. Yeah, that's a huge <laughs> problem if you're like, oh, I like everything in the trailer, except She-Hulk's design, because I, the thing about her. <laughs> I need to show you this fucking... I've probably seen it, but my friend made a chart. Um, And I need to show you this chart. Uh, for... <laughs> Yep, <laughs> that that's bad. On that's bad accurate. <laughs> and then I made this edit. <laughs> so you just like Avengers, She Hulk, then? Because uh, uh, I don't know if you like. I mentioned this. I mentioned this earlier in the episode. I'm a comics person, and so. And the Jason Aaron run of the Avengers, uh, she got big. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Uh, so my my friend is saying neither neither dar not Dodderman in the sheets nor burn in the sheets streets or nor burn in the sheets. Shameful. I'm looking at this fucking She Hulk, and I'm like, ma'am, 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 <laughs> ma'am. 
Yeah, see, now that's a She-Hulk. What they're doing for Disney Plus ain't She-Hulk. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've been checked out of the MCU for ages now, but it's yeah. like, yeah, no. It's Last like... one I saw was Thor Ragnarok. Oh, you're, you're It was like a switch you, was flipped. You, yeah, you're lucky you got out before it started taking a nosedive, because I saw both those other Avengers, and I also saw uh, that second Spider-Man, which name I, escapes me because they all sound the same. So I I, literally, I've, I, I own one of the Spider-Mans, and I don't know what name it is. Uh, Homecoming, I know, is Homecoming the first one. Homecoming is the first Home, one? Okay, it's Home, that one. Homecoming is the first one and is the good one, compared to the others. Yeah, that's the one I've seen. Fair. It, you, yeah, you should stop there. You shouldn't ever go and see the other two. <laughs> Just not Ida and oh, Luce's disguises remind me of something very specific. <laughs> And I don't know exactly, because I thought for a second it was like the Helmosaur design for Minish Cap, but it's not quite that. <laughs> wow, yeah, <that's>... it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some people say that her disguise, or like, at least like the face, kind of looks a bit like Score Bunny, but I don't see it necessarily. I think it's no. because like, I think it's because of like the mark on like the nose of the mask. That yeah, she it looks kind of like a bandage, it, I guess. Yeah, but but like, nah, that doesn't really look like Score Bunny much. <laughs> This is something I want to address real quick, and it's not something that's addressed in the show. So uh, when they get into Bonesboro, there's just this long procession of people in cloaks who are each carrying a candle and marching to a drumbeat, and they're just wandering through the city single file. It's super weird, and nobody says a word about it. It might just be like some like day unity ritual that people are doing. Yeah, I'm like... I like watching this. I'm just like expecting them to hit themselves in the heads of books, like that one fucking bit in uh, the Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Yeah, honestly, it's that's very much what it is. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ida and Luce make fake guard costumes to break into the precinct because I guess the guards are a threat now. <laughs> um. Up on the knee, King bumps into two more of those cloaked weirdos before... No, they're not weirdos. We're the weirdos. Two more of those cloaked people before being called out by Steve, who now has a shirt with his name on it, a leather jacket, and a motorcycle. It's great. I, I think he had the shirt that said Steve back in Elsewhere at Elsewhere. That's possible. I'm trying to remember. I'm Googling it at the moment, because I, I think he had it back on then. I love when King shoves the helmet on his head, his horns just break straight through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Literally was wondering, how's he going to put that? Oh, okay, that's yeah, how. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah. correct. Steve did have the Steve shirt back in that episode. <laughs> but yes, it's very, very funny that he's just like, yeah, he just fucks up that helmet just to fit King. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can always get more helmets, but you only get a Titan to ride once. No, I mean, I don't think Steve does that. He's a Titan until, at this moment, at least. He does not. Or at least he shouldn't. What does Steve know? Um, yeah, they have a little conversation about um, having gotten what they wanted and then not being really sure what to do about it. They both have this story, and Steve's is more along the lines of wanting to be seen as the best as an Emperor's Coven guard, but... He doesn't really trust Bellos and doesn't think Bellos knows what the Titan wants. So I guess he's in Chloe's camp with that one. <laughs> yep, he's full of shit. <laughs> and yeah, they uh, take off on his motorcycle. Back in the cave, Lilith is worrying about why King sent them away, because she thinks she wasn't groveling enough. 
And this is when we get a shot of Hootie eating some fire bees and the truly horrible revelation that there is a smaller Hootie inside of Hootie. He's like a xenomorph, but worse. Oh, what? Yeah, I missed yep. that! Yeah, no, it was something that is, like, very quick or miss it. Like, this is something I only saw when somebody brought it up on Twitter to be like, Dana Turns, what the fuck? And she's like, lol. Yeah, it's literally only visible, <laughs> but, visible but again, for, like, three frames. But yeah, it's, it, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to use that for the picture, for the tweet when we put up this episode, because it's like, what the fuck? How can I not do that? But also, you have to stop and remember that... Hootie has canonically owl pelleted both King and Amity, so both of them have seen the Xenomorph Hootie inside of Hootie. It's but like, what happens to that thing? He takes his skin throat. off. I don't... <laughs> yeah, like, also, yeah, what also happens to the other Hootie? We didn't see another skeleton inside of Hootie. <laughs> yeah, it's very brief. It's hard to catch because of the way the fire interacts over his mouth. Um... Let me see if I can find an image real quick. Oh my god, I think I see it. It's like where his uvula would be. Oh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, I You're despise like, I mean, it's, it. Like, it's not at all really terrifying, the fact that Hootie apparently just has rows of teeth like a fucking Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah, but we've known that. Yeah. But at the same time, we get a close-up of them as he eats stuff. When it's like, he's a bird, he shouldn't have teeth, period. <laughs> <laughs> Birds don't have teeth for a reason, they have beaks. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so uh, after this horrifying revelation, he actually gives Lilith some good advice, suggesting that King just wants to be treated normally. And once again, she ignores everything he says. And this is when he realizes that King is entirely gone. Back at the police station, Ida gets the key from the desk guard, which is a skeleton hand that opens a palm reader thing. It's rad, I love this. And uh, there's just honestly no reaction to the two of them. The guards are acting like they're on high alert, but nobody notices these disguises at all. So I don't know what's up. Yeah, these trash disguises. <laughs> I've seen people say that it could just be that they've seen weirder because it's basically an all hands on deck situation with the day uni being only two days away. So they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, these people track. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, they head down to the warehouse where Ida gives Luz Albert and tells her to grab a box labeled Ida's Longest Toenails if she finds it before they split up to search this place because it is, like, Indiana Jones warehouse huge. <laughs> In an office up above the warehouse, a guard is reporting to Rain via Crystal Ball, telling them about the raid and that they haven't caught Ida yet. And Ida, down below, overhears this conversation... They ins Rain instructs the guard to keep looking and to only report to them once she's found, which kind of seems like they did a 180 on the earlier position of keeping her out of it at all costs, but, you know, desperate times. <laughs> yeah, it's two days before the day uni. It's like, yep, obviously Rain was convinced. <laughs> yeah. So uh, meanwhile, King is off by the ribs trying to interact with the Titan by, like, hugging the ribs or chasing the tide on the shore and... Steve keeps himself busy by reading a book called Synergy in the Coven, which doesn't seem super relevant to his interests now that he's quit, but I guess he's just into that. Uh, at this point, a pair of little old lesbians walk by, and I'm not really sure why we get the intense focus on them that we do, but they do make Steve cry, so... <laughs> True ally, Steve. Um... 
Yes, let's see. Elsewhere, they uh, help a family by replacing a broken wheel off a cart, and then King lays down in a puddle, imitating the pose that the Titan is laying in. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> he is just like... desperately trying to find a connection, and it doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. You know, actually, I just I just sort of remembered um, something that Mark brought up when we were watching like the reveal episode uh, with uh, King being a Titan, mm-hmm. which is like, well, I guess. Finding Titan blood for the door won't be a problem anymore. They yeah. kind of have a technically <laughs> unlimited supply. Yep. Hootie could potentially still have that uh, syringe from the blood test that they did back in Hootie's door. <laughs> probably, It's probably not good blood by now, considering it's been like over a month since then. But it's, you know, he's probably he might still have that because Hootie probably forgot to toss it or dispose of it. I don't think Hootie I mean, knows how to dispose of medical waste, <laughs> so it could just be somewhere. Yes, normally blood would be bad. Oh, what is somewhere in here? <laughs> I just that blood was fine in the key for what hundreds of years. I don't think blood in a syringe is going to go bad in a month unless it reacts to Hootie's digestive system. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, wherever they're going, uh, Lilith and Hootie are following them. Hootie is just spinning around really fast to create a hootie copter. Um, Which makes no sense. Lilith has her talisman still. This is how, like, Doduo and Dodrio fly. Yeah, yeah. this this is the, the awkward zombie comic of that, yeah. I mean, potentially, like, Lilith left her talisman at home with her parents when she went to go visit, because, like, she doesn't necessarily have it when she showed up back in the Time Chopper episode, so, like, it could be that she doesn't have it on her, but it's like, I feel like she could still at least, like, just call it and it would show up to her. <laughs> Rather than having to have the hoodie copter. Yeah, it's it's an interesting image, and I think they probably just did it for the image, but it does raise yeah, questions. <laughs> pro- probably, yes. Because <laughs> it raises the question of how can hoodie spin fast enough to enact flight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Back at the precinct, the guard captain leaves, and Ida hits the redial button on the crystal ball to talk to Rain. Um, She appeals to their better nature, because she still thinks they're brainwashed, but she appeals to the Rain that she used to know before telling them that she knows about the draining spell, and this is where Rain breaks, because they aren't able to hide their expression when they hear that, and that clues Ida in that they know how bad everything is, and that they're not a mindless stooge. (laughs) So uh, she asks them to do something anything to get the kids away she wants them in a bunker on an airship anywhere that's away from the boiling aisles and this is a very reasonable request in my opinion but tara interrupts telling rain and rain tells her to stand by and that someone will be there to receive the package trouble is Luz heard all that um yeah, yeah and then she destri- decides to shout about it in the middle of she sure does <laughs> heavily guarded warehouse mm-hmm. yeah yeah, she feels like she's proven herself by this point. She's been in enough fights, and she feels like she's being betrayed, but she's yelling, so she gets overheard. She's like, oh, why also, won't you tell me the plan? And he does just like, there is no fucking plan, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, that's later, that's not yeah. right at this moment, because like they wouldn't have their fight scene if, right, if Ida right, was right. Being, just being honest about it. Because <laughs> again, and, like I, I get why Ida doesn't want to tell her, because shit is fucked, but it's like, uh, Ida, it's like, you know that Luz has proven herself a lot by this point. She fucking chipped Bellas' mask. Like, you know that she's confident. It's like, you could just be honest with her. 
I do want to note at this point that uh, she did take her mask off when she was talking to Rain, and the thing she's been wearing is just a dinner cover with holes poked in it for eyes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yes, I love it. Um, so there's a big chase scene, uh, Luz running away, trying to use Albert to fly, but Ida just calling him back because he's loyal to her. <laughs> and Ida activates Harpy Mode to chase her down, insisting that she is going with Rain. Um, it's a pretty neat scene, but quick. A uh, lot of action, a lot of glyphs, nobody really fighting, just running. But eventually Ida catches her and has her dead to rights, telling her that she is going to go with Rain until she gets shot in the back by a guard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> turns turns out, I don't think even if, like, if, if Luz didn't shout earlier, I feel like just their little, like, fight here would have been enough to get their attention. <laughs> yeah. There are also two Abomatons here, and they just rock Harpy Ida. She does not stand a chance. Yeah, I, I had a and note great here. Great job, Amity's mom. Yeah, I had a <laughs> note here about that, where it's like, Ida easily beat up uh, an Abomaton 2.0 back in Eclipse Lake, but we know these are the 2.5s now, since we had that uh, the Pentagram tweet or whatever from Alador saying that he yeah. upgraded them. So it's like, I guess she could easily fight one, but I guess with two, it's just a bit too hard for her, considering she doesn't have magic, and she's just a bird lady. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, both get netted and dragged away. Uh, elsewhere, over dinner, uh, King tells Steve that he always wanted power to be respected, but he feels bad now that it's happening, because he doesn't want to be a big scary monster. And Steve agrees, taking off his mask for the first time to reveal a flippin' horn on the side of his head that the mask absolutely could not contain. <laughs> I, was browsing, I was browsing Dana's Twitter, and this a cut subplot is that this guy, Steve, is Mytholomew's half-brother. Yeah. People, people kind of figured that out like once they saw his face, because like, he has the same skin tone and hairstyle as Mytholomew. And like that was what Dana's tweet was about. She's like, "Oh yeah, it's cool that people cut up on that." Yeah, we had to unfortunately cut a lot of the plot about Steve being Maddie's half brother. But I guess he is still in canon as half brother, so that's cool to know at least. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> also, hey, remember way back when we were doing the star of the show, we were like, "Oh, King is such a little shit." It's 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 so good now that I should be like, "Hey, he had character growth." <laughs> he doesn't want to be a fucking tyrant anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It really is. Yep. We just had to deal with asshole king for like the first 16 episodes to get there. Lilith <laughs> arrives and she's demanding that Steve free him because I guess she thinks he's still working for Bellos and kidnapped king. But when king speaks up, she starts groveling more or less instantly. <laughs> And then he yells at her to stop, because this is where he says that she's acting just like she did with the Emperor, which... Seems like a bit of a pattern with you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember him ever really interacting with her when she still surfed the Emperor. It, so... it was, I mean, considering we only saw Bellos in like the very, like the second last episode of season one at all. It's like, yeah, like we only got those little scenes of him being like, you're going to do this or else you're fucked, lady. Uh, sorry, I meant King interacting with Lilith. Oh, yeah, no, King and Lilith haven't really had a lot of scenes besides like back in Echoes of the Past. And I guess also a little bit when they hung out on the couch getting drunk on the ice cream the following episode. Yeah. I just, this feels like he's guessing, is all. That's. Hmm. 
But yeah, so he says that she might need a therapist, and Steve says he could recommend a good one before Hootie Face punches him off a cliff. So goodbye, Steve. No, he's okay. He's not dead. He's not like Tibbles. Tibbles is definitely dead. No, Tibbles is dead for sure. Absolutely at this point. But no, Steve is fine. We have only two. There's only only two specials and the two episodes and the three specials. I don't think Tibbles shows up. Of course, I'm going to be proven as a liar immediately this Saturday when Tibbles shows up to help again. Tibbles is the Tibbles has been the real force behind (laughs) the day of unity the whole time. Didn't you know? Hey, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised considering this could be another I, scam of his. Considering this is the second time that I've been like, Tibbles is dead, he won't come back. I won't be surprised if he actually does show up in the finale. <laughs> oh, I understand where you're coming from, but he didn't die this time. Last time we saw him die, this time they just walked away. I mean, Ebony still punched him into the ceiling. He could have died from that. But yeah, he, did, um, he definitely did die the previous time, though. He got chased down by his like monster uh, animals. Yes, it like, there's no way that guy was going to get away from horses. them. Yeah, there's no way that guy was getting away from them. Um, in the jail, uh, the guard captain tells Ida that she is going to be petrified for real this time, and she just kind of gloats. But Luce is upset. Uh, now that they are locked up and handcuffed, neither one of them can stop Bellows, and so she demands to know why she was kept out of the plan. And this is when Ida breaks. She reveals there is no plan, there's no magic, no allies, nothing. So she was just going to try to get the kids out. That was the whole plan. She seems to have pretty much given up, and when the two are loaded into prison carts, she does not resist at all. There's a cut, though, and when we stop, Luce bursts out in fight mode, kind of like she was in the season one finale, but is immediately grabbed by an abomination. (laughs) Kid owned kid. He was so ready to murder a motherfucker here. Like, that that look on Luce's face as she's just, like, slumped in the car or whatever. Like, she's like, yeah, that girl has a murder in her eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they radicalized this teen girl. <laughs> um, Yeah, so she gets grabbed by the abomination, and uh, Ida's there. She stops her, and we get a wide shot. Uh... All of the bats are here, along with Steve the Living King, so I guess he survived falling off the cliff. Um, cutting around, it is revealed that Darius is the one who grabbed her, and uh, Eberwolf shows up and gnaws through the handcuffs, giving us explicit confirmation that they're in the Rebellion. We finally love, see them for real. fucking love the 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 feral energy on Eberwolf he rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we still don't really know anything about Eberwolf's steel, but it's just very funny that Eberwolf just bites through them. <laughs> you want to hear the funniest fucking story about Eberwolf? Hmm? Alright, I'm into it. So, this is it's, it's, it's fan content related, but there's an artist I follow, let's leave it at that, um, who drew... Uh, Kikimura and Everwolf as fucking like back when they were like first introduced. Uh, he drew them as short stacks. Uh, <laughs> then some people in the comments are just like Everwolf is a guy, and he's just like, oh, I see. <laughs> well then. Well, to be fair, we don't know that for sure. Um, yeah, they technically haven't actually said any pronouns about Everwolf in the show. Yeah, they've never been referred to by a. A third-person pronoun. The wiki uses they, them, so... We have no idea. Yeah, I was, I was booting up the wiki this check again to see. Uh, yeah, the wiki still refers to everyone with they, them. 
Also, turns out when you type into Google Eberwolf, the first like autocomplete is X Darius, which nope, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, everybody. <laughs> Darius would hate that all the fur. Y- yeah, Darius is a He was getting his goop hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still so... also especially like that the fact that the bats kids are back. <laughs> yeah, they got broken out of jail at yeah, some yeah. point, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two, Katya, and uh, shit, and the, the other, other one, yeah. <laughs> and the other guy. <laughs> I know Amber because she's the cute bat girl, and I know, uh, yeah, Katya because she's the, the food shipping fan artist, <laughs> <laughs> and then the, and then the guy, <laughs> right. The guy that had the ovo. I don't remember his name. I'm gonna stick with the other one. Um, Rain introduces himself to Luce, and she fangirls a little, which is interesting. Mostly, to me, it's just strange, because you don't usually get the fangirl reaction for someone your mom dated once, is all. Uh, Apparently his name is Derwin. Your Eda's ex. Incredible. Yeah, his name is Derwin. I checked it up. But I remember we talked about his name back when he was introduced in that one episode, because I remember covering his voice actor. I was just like, I don't remember the fucking guy's name, but yeah, apparently he's Derwin. Well, okay. I will probably forget that again within the next five oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, no, we will. <laughs> when, when we come back on next Thursday to record uh, Cloud Runners, we will, if he's in, he's in there, we'll forget him again. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. for sure. Um... Yeah, so Rain explains that when they were captured, it was actually Darius protecting them somehow, and I'm still a little unclear on this, but basically, uh, Darius apparently had his own concerns about the Day of Unity and figured Rain would know more about it, and so when he heard that Rain was causing trouble, he arrested them to question them about this problem, and that's how he got radicalized? It's 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 strange. <laughs> we well, I mean, get... he... They they phrase it as like yeah he had he like put on a good show of like beating up Rain because Rain's a bad actor and so they were like well, we had that's to sell the it thing though. Rain yeah. didn't know that that wasn't a real fight right but yeah. but that was intentional because they just they knew that Rain was a bad actor because Rain can't lie really well so they were like yeah we need to actually like attack them unfortunately to like sell this to Bellows yeah that's my point here it's. At that point, Darius and Everwolf were not part of the rebellion. They captured Rain to question them and then became part of the rebellion. Because, yeah, if they were already part of the rebellion, Rain would have known that they weren't attacking for real. Yeah, like they they were dissenters, but they weren't like in like open rebellion against Bellows up till now. It's just a really weird and convoluted sequence of events and i suspect that might be another thing that got reduced for the yeah <laughs> potentially but hey i was right i was like back when we got that confirmation that uh darius was helping with the little obama nation with his hairstyle i was like is that real false involved in this because they also fought rain and it's like yep no i was right <laughs> yeah yeah so um Ida asks why rain didn't tell her anything and it's basically the same reason she gave Luz. they just wanted her out of the fight to keep her safe but so Apparently this little group has a plan to stop the draining spell, which is great, but Luce asks what they're called first, and this is where we find out that they are the Covens Against the Throne. They are the cats. Hiss. Darius fucking hates this name. <laughs> yep, it, it's so great that they were just assigned on this name and found Darius' input. 
I'm Dar- kind of on Darius's team here. Not not even like without <laughs> his input, like specifically against his wishes. Y- yeah, like they were like, let's call ourselves the cats. And he's like, no. And they're like, fuck yeah, we're naming ourselves the cats because it's majority rule. <laughs> yeah. But Luce loves it and pulls up her hood to give her little cat ears. So, you know, at least someone's happy. <laughs> we cut away to the cat's base, which is just covered in cats logos. Just... This is not how to do we it. Are being running called <laughs> I made all this shit, Darius. We are being called the cats. <laughs> yeah, Rain, Rain comes in with a box of merch for them. And it's just like, I already That's paid funny. so many snails for all this merch. We're fucking using the name. We gotta move, got move 100,000 shirts, Darius. We are <laughs> going to fucking be called the cats, so help me God. <laughs> You beat me, well, yeah, you told me time, really, but, like, you beat the shit on me that one time, so I'm getting this one on you. We're calling ourselves the cats. <laughs> They're the cats, which one of them is going to the heavy side layer. <laughs> okay. Not into it, I get it. Yeah, no, I watched mm-hmm. Cats 2019. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, I did the sensible thing. <laughs> and just watched the reaction on Twitter. <laughs> So, uh, in this pace, Ida returns Francois to King, and he's thrilled to have him back. Just a little bit of comfort in the weird, dark times. And then she pulls out the box of Ida's longest toenails. But when it's opened, it reveals uh, the palestrum wood that she stole several episodes ago. She thinks it's time for Luce to carve her palisman, and Luce is reluctant because she wants to focus on the fight, but Ida reminds her she doesn't have to carry all the weight of this anymore. Now they have allies now, they have a plan. And uh, Ida tells Luce how much she admires her, basically. She doesn't say that, but she just talks about how most folks would have left already, but Luce is still here and learning and fighting, and they begin carving. Ida's dad taught her, and she's going to teach Luce, and says that they have all the time in the world to do it. And that is this episode. It's it's funny that you say that they got the palace from a few episodes ago. That was 13 episodes ago. <laughs> it's like four episodes for us. It's fine. Uh, it's fair. I mean, yeah, it wasn't that long. But it's like, yeah, they got that wood back in season two, episode six, which was like, oh, uh, what was that like? Uh, Mid-July? <laughs> yeah, that's about right, considering that <laughs> Lumini became canon on July 31st. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was a long time ago <laughs> for us in reality, but like, yeah, in the show, it's been like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, um, for what it's worth, we normally do two episodes in each of our episodes, but uh, it's not really an option anymore since we caught up. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tur- turns out when we started this show, we were like, oh, yeah, the show will come back in like February. So by the time we get to season two, B, it'll be finished already. And then, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Okay, so this is the last chance we really get to talk about the Grand Owl House debate. <laughs> is it going to be a bat, a snake, or some kind of bird? Because <laughs> those are the three frontrunners that people think the Palestine's going to be. Oh. Mm. I, I... I honestly don't really buy the snake idea, because people are like, oh, there's going to be a snake because... Of all the times that Luce has been dealing with snakes, like the snake arms and like the snake in episode in season one, episode one, and also because like the title, like it shows like our bird on the staff as part of the title with like the O and the uh, part the H, and like people think that the uh, L in owl and then the S in house kind of look like an upside down palisman staff. But I don't really buy that as much as the bat idea, just because of how many times Luce has been associated with bats in the sense with, like, her phone case, her t- 
Tamagotchi icon and also the fact that like Dana did draw her in a bat costume back in Halloween. And Dana has snuck in a lot of stuff that's happened in the show through her art of them. That's true. I'm mostly just I don't know. Because there's already a thing active in the world called the bats specifically, and because one of them is a bat person, I just don't feel like that's necessarily the thing for loose. I, I get where you're but, associating yeah. that. I didn't not know this was a debate that was happening. This is, no, this has been a debate way back when, uh, <laughs> like, I think when season one had ended, of like, oh, Luce has to get a palace at some point, right? It definitely got ratcheted up when she got the palace from Wood. But this is the thing that shows up, like, on the Reddit, like, every fucking week. <laughs> I mean, like, Bird is, like, one of the more frontrunners just because it's like, oh, like, the entire Clawthorn family has Bird Bowsman, and Luce is basically Eda's kid at this point, so it would make sense that she would make some sort of bird to copy her owl mom. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna stick with the hybrid theory. It's gonna be, like, a griffin or a hippogriff or a half-bird, half-something, you know? It just, it makes more sense to me thematically. Yeah, just on the same point of, like, she's the first human witch, basically. Well, yeah. I guess technically second, if Bellows counts. Which I don't think Bellows really counts, considering he's never liked witches at all, and he kind of just did what was necessary to kill yeah, them. I don't think Bellows would self-identify as a witch. No, so. <laughs> no, no, not like Luz. Yeah, no, I, I can see it, but, like, I mean, how how long into the next episode do you think are going to fucking tease out showing us the Palsman? <laughs> Okay, there's a question. What are the odds that we don't see them at all next episode and it's another Hexide episode? Uh, I don't know, maybe likely. <laughs> Could be that we only see it in the finale or even the season three specials. <laughs> Who can say? Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, ideally, it'll only be, what, three days till we know? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Really, two and a half, less than that. It's like, because the episode there is at midnight. Uh, the on, fun part is, uh, legal streams. this episode will air after that, so if we do find out what it is, then we'll be having this discussion late. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still, I'm still team bad, I think. That's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it right there. That's my prediction. <laughs> I've been right a lot of the time when it comes to things I think are going to happen in the show. Yeah, no, you absolutely yeah. have. I'm a fool for disagreeing with you, but if I don't, <laughs> it's not interesting. <laughs> Fair. Oh, yeah, uh, I just have a few bits of trivia here. Just, again, there's not as much because we're only doing one episode, and also they can't sneak in as much in these yes. last few episodes. Uh, we... it's like we're doing it pretty quick, so they don't have as much time to update the trivia page. Yeah, there's that. Uh, we already covered the collector's prison looking like a beast ball and Steve being uh, Maddie's half brother. But the other two things I have here are Steve's motorcycle is apparently modeled after Ghost Rider's Hell Cycle. I will take their word for that because I'm also not a comics person, so I don't really know what his motorcycle really looks like. But that's what the wiki says. Uh, it's complicated. Hmm. And by that, I mean, you could literally say that any black motorcycle ever was modeled after the Ghost Rider's Hell Cycle. There are so many different designs for that thing. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, the only other thing I have here is that also apparently the picture on the book that Steve has is apparently a reference to a meme about The Office. Huh. <laughs> Which I also will take the word yeah, for. Yeah, I have also not seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that it did, it does did. line up with the synergy in the Coven title. 
Yeah, like it didn't really like specify anything besides apparently it's a meme in, from the office. So it's like, oh, well, what kind of stuff? Apparently not. <laughs> apparently not telling me any specifics. He just says that. And uh, I guess there's also a minor thing. The episode title is derived off of "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou," but that's pretty obvious. Yeah, that was the. That was like, oh, yeah. I love George Clooney. Yeah, the, <laughs> very, very more apparent than like Labyrinth Runner is being a play on the Maze Runner, considering that it's like, well, it's close enough, but. This is like more overt, like, oh yeah, it's based on that. <laughs> but that's all I have trivia-wise. I, I do have the questions if you want to go to that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you would like to send us questions, we are at usweirdoscast on Twitter and usweirdoscast at gmail.com. What have we got this week? <laughs> right. uh, we've got questions from two people this week. This is weird formatting because I'm not used to doing this myself. But yeah, uh, the first one that we will cover is from M. Healy. Uh, at M of Healy on Twitter. Uh, what could an eldest entity offer you to get you to perform a blood sacrifice in its name? Uh, I mean, I will just immediately say uh, bigger boobs. <laughs> Can I be real? It depends on how much blood and whose. Yeah, is it my uh, blood? <laughs> yeah. It, if I it's mean... my blood, I have some I have some limits. Uh, if it's other people's <laughs> blood, hey, Mark, where are you? <laughs> like, honestly, blood, I'd probably be willing to open up my arm a little bit for a bag of chips but <laughs> that's like the that's the laziest uh, way to go about getting a bag of chips i feel listen i don't like going grocery shopping fair <laughs> i don't know um yeah anyway huge tits would be great um <laughs> i would absolutely do a lot of fucked up shit for bigger tits which I am doing. I'm contemplating paying eight thousand dollars for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the real blood sacrifice. <laughs> that's you taking uh, your blood, sweat, and toil at work to go into okay, getting CVS. I'm using CVS dollars to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Ironically, the place where I've been getting my pills for the past two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Do you at least get like a discount for working there? No. Oh, that oh. sucks. <laughs> That's the worst. I mean, I guess you would have to maybe work in the pharmacy itself, maybe? Rather than just working at the store itself? I am technically trading for pharmacy, but... Hmm. I think it's extremely against both the rules and also the law to, um... Uh... Yeah, it's, that's a bummer. But yeah, uh, that, that was the only question we had from M. We have, uh... Technically three questions from Aurora Borealis. Our friend at Casey Cosmos on Twitter, but like one of them already kind of yep, hey Casey. But one of them we kind of already covered, which was how much did that adventures line hurt you? I feel like we were a pretty lot. thorough about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just f fucking stab me in the heart instead. Then it would have felt worse, <laughs> or that, it wouldn't feel as bad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> the other questions that Casey, uh, sorry, Aurora has for us is, uh, what or who are you willing to sacrifice for a true Owl House season three? I feel like the easy answer here is obviously Bob Jaffick. <laughs> yeah, whoever's in charge of Disney. Yeah. Michael Eisner, get me the head of Michael Eisner. <laughs> I think Eisner's been out for a while, hasn't he? Get me the head of Michael Have the Rolling Stones killed. It's complicated. <laughs> this is a Simpsons reference. Yeah, Mike Eisner has been out of Disney since 2005. He's been, like, in advisory roles, though. He's still around. Yeah, he's, he's not in, like, he's not as much in charge as Bob Chaffick. 
I'm pretty sure I'm also mispronouncing Bob Tappick's name, but also I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm fairly sure it's Chapek, but yes, he doesn't deserve the dignity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screw him. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's like so many options of like shitty people that obviously, yes, I would also sacrifice for that. Like, yes, I would toss Elon Musk into the biggest fucking volcano, and I don't even need that to have an Outlaw Season 3 as a trade off. <laughs> I would punt that motherfucker just for funds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, aside from that, uh, the other question is, what would be your go-to shitty cartoon disguise? Um, definitely a fucking pair of, like, uh, the, the glasses with the mustache and eyebrows. <laughs> just that, nothing else. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the easy answer for me here is, like, just tossing a sheet over your head and having some eyes poked out to pretend you're a ghost. <laughs> It's not a very good disguise, but it's also the easiest and most amount of effort I'm going to put into something like that. I think the most effective way for me to do that would be to just tie a bandana around my face and walk bow-legged and pretend to be a cowboy. <laughs> my shittiest disguise would be to, like, buy some... It, it would be to buy some uh, sports bras that are too small, um, not oh, shave no. for a couple of weeks... Oh, no. <laughs> and then start talking like this. <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, my also, like, second answer there was, uh, boy mode <laughs> Like, yeah, it's a shitty disguise. It's not a cartoon disguise, but hey, I mean, that, that person... It, it makes me feel... It's a shitty disguise in that it makes me feel shitty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna count it. <laughs> yeah, that's all the questions we have, uh, for nice. this week. Yeah, like I said, we kind of already covered that Adventures one because oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's... Well, yeah. uh, I think we can cover Deuce's crimes count real quick, and there were some Deuces <laughs> in here. We got uh, impersonating a police officer. We got um, stealing evidence. <laughs> it's Francois evidence, really. Like Francois is just like an item that they took. <laughs> and the palestrum wood. The Palestrum Wood was also obscured. They didn't actually know it was there. That's why they're they stealing it, it from box. cops. It's fine. Yeah, also, they're stealing back their property from cops. Yeah, civil forfeiture. Fuck this shit. Yeah, it's like they took it from their home and they weren't even there, so they can't even give consent to like take, let them take stuff. Hey, no, the crimes count doesn't take moral justification into account <laughs> <of those> crimes. <laughs> That's like more official because he's actually with a faction that knows stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, aside from that, I have the artist, and I think that's all for this episode, really. Nice. What's our artist for the week? Uh, this week, I'm going to spotlight uh, Mimikim. Mimikim? M I M I K I M. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the word here on Twitter to find her. Uh, apparently also her name is Joy. She actually did one of those, like, get-to-know-the-artist things, where it's just a bunch of drawings about her. 
But yeah, uh, she makes a lot of the usual fluffy Lumity fan art that I just bring up all the time because that's the best fan art for Owl House, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did one recently, I think like just today, where uh, Amity gives Luz presumably coffee. I think she's, I think, uh, I think Joy is like Venezuelan or something. So like English is in her strong suit because it's like it's not. It's phrased like here, take this so you don't fall asleep. It's not really like specified coffee, but I think it's gotta be coffee. Uh, yeah, she, blood. Or that, but yeah, she gives it to her in a mug. That when like uh, Luz drinks it, the bottom of the mug says "Te amo mi patata" on the inside. Mm. And like uh, Amity like does a little like like leg pop like uh, heart thing. <laughs> she leaves the room and like Luz is just embarrassed <laughs> when she did that. <laughs> uh, she also did one where Amity doodles Luz heart Amity forever and ever on like a piece of paper and gets embarrassed when Luz just pops into existence next to her shoulder, saying it's a nice drawing. <laughs> it's basically a lot of like that kind of stuff of like one of them does something cutesy and then you go gets embarrassed. Oh, that's uh, truly adorable. Yep. Uh, she also did a silly uh, four-parter where Luz teases Amity by holding Pocky out of reach till Amity closes her hoodie and kisses her directly on the hoodie while it's shut to distract uh, the her to get the game. Yeah, yeah but, but I've seen people do the actual Pocky game, but this is like more like it's just Am- like, at least teasing Amity, just hanging it out of reach, and then Amity just pulls Frank on her by closing her hoodie to steal it. <laughs> And there's another uh, silly five-parter as well, where Amity's revealed to be paying off Celine, the Oracle student, to tell her how to lose games of rock, paper, scissors against Luz, so that Amity has to suffer the air quotes punishment of having to carry Luz on the piggyback ride home, which she just clearly enjoys. That's why she keeps paying Celine to find out how to lose. <laughs> yep, it, it's a lot of stuff like that, where it's just, yeah, it's just the two of them being fucking adorable all the time. I think, uh, I think Mimi Kim has, Mimi Kim, I don't know why I can't pronounce that. I think she's also done some uh, Calamity Trio art recently, especially with, like, the fucking show ending. Because, <laughs> oh boy, that fucking finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll get there someday, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we might we might cover Amphibia in the future, like, years from now, probably. <laughs> Give it like some time. years down the line, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we don't really want to necessarily cover it so quickly just because, like, it's another Disney show that has a pretty similar premise. But yeah, and also, thank you so it'll much st- for that spotlight. Yep. But also, I feel like, I mean, a lot of Amphibia is kind of just going to be like, a lot of the, ep- a lot of season one in particular is a lot of like fillery episodes where it's like, it's more or less in the week kind of stuff compared to like. Oh, yeah, no, we'll be able to cover it like four episodes an episode. Yeah, it would go pretty quick to get there. Like, less so once we get to like the third of the way through season two, basically, when Marcy's introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely would be like a little quicker going on and then slow down over time. Yeah, then we'll do that sometime in the future, maybe. Especially because, like, it is actually queer now, officially, in a sense. <laughs> Some, somewhat. In theory. And, well, I mean, like, uh, uh, certain characters were basically confirmed in the finale, especially by Matt Drawley in particular. But yeah, it was like, some of it was, like, a little a little bit fake. Yeah. Open to interpretation, except uh, totally, Olivia is real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah. So it has been a wonderful time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Holly. Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at ChumPersonable. Um, I guess always honestly, find... I've always honestly wondered how you pronounce your Twitter handle. <laughs> honestly, however the fuck you want. It's it's on purpose, a portmanteau of like Very... ChumPersonable or Chump. Um, and then Ursonable. Yeah, for some reason I always pronounce it as Chump Personable. Like, I had a double P in there for some reason. 
Uh, you can find my podcast. I do Lupin Lottery, where we have been watching random episodes of Lupin the Third um, since <laughs> late 2017. Um, I need to get on editing that, but we have finished Green Jacket. Uh, we're doing a few movies, and then we're going to move on to Pink Jacket. And then we'll be the 90s, where they are releasing a, a yearly special uh, and some movies, uh, and that'll just be fucking five months straight of that. Um, you can find The Disc Course, where you can find um, where I and my friends read uh, Discworld novels. Uh, the episode on Eric, the worst Discworld book, just went out today. Um, yes. And finally, there is Half Ronma Therapy, which is my Ronma One Half rewatch podcast. Um, and we are making our we, that one's that one's pretty new. Um, making our way through season one. Uh, we just met Kodachi, my my queen, my my Joker for women. Uh, you can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash hollybeedlin, where joining that you get podcast episodes early when I can, you get early access to my fanfic chapters by joining my Discord, and early access and works in progress for any art I do. And related, I write fanfic. Do you want to read about the Ronma characters here, except they're all queer? Um, <laughs> well, good news. I have a novel and a half of that for you <laughs> online yeah, on Archive of Our Own. I, I gotta say, the half Ronma therapy name is very inspired. You can thank Sky for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very good play on HRT. I was, I was originally I was originally thinking of naming it. I was originally like my first idea was borrowing the best dub loop on title and calling it cursed case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the HRT joke is real good though. <laughs> that's where you can find me online. You know, Eric was actually my first Discworld novel. I was told that it didn't matter what order you read them in, and uh, boy, was that a mistake. <laughs> See, it doesn't super, because like, we're doing them chronologically, and like that's a fine way to read them. <laughs> um, other than that, if you're going to read them out of order, at least read them in the proper order out of order. <laughs> like, don't, don't do it. Like, I lucked out, and I read, um, ma I read um, uh, Going Postal as my first ever Discworld book, oh, yeah, which is both a very good book and also the first book in the Moist Von Litvig series. If you can call it that, there's two and a half books in that series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my second book ever in the Discworld series was Thud, which, like, even even though Thud is the like fucking sixth book in the uh, Guard series, mm -hmm. it still onboards you pretty well. Yeah, sure. I'm still just like, oh, she's a werewolf. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, Eric first for me, and then the Tiffany Aching ones. And at the time, I did not realize that those were Discworld novels because they were so individualized. I thought they were just a standalone series. So I have not read tell, the I'm Tiffany Aching ones. <laughs> I'm sure that by the time you get to them, it will be obvious where they connect. But if you don't know the world, it's like. But yeah. Um... I am on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Uh, mostly I retweet things that you should get mad about. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't follow me if you don't want to get mad about things. Yep. Turn, turn, turns out that's really all Twitter is these days. 
besides the occasional cute kitty cat or something like that, it's really just, here's the shit you should be pissed about today, because it never fucking ends. <laughs> uh, much the same way at Chloe Chaos, if you want to also follow me there. Like I said uh, before, multiple times, Chloe Phil is just like chlorophyll, but spelled Chloe instead of chloro. But, um, yeah, I think that covers it for us today. So, uh, remember... Us weirdos have to stick together. together. I... I...